Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. I'm your host, Sarah Buino. I'm a psychotherapist, teacher, consultant, and most importantly, a wounded healer, living and working in Chicago, Illinois. On this show, I interview folks in a variety of healing professions, and we discuss the intersectional journey of healing self while caring for others. We're not just focused on individual healing, but also healing on the collective level from white supremacy, late-stage capitalism, and the patriarchy. Thanks for joining us. Hello, hello. Welcome, friends and friends that I haven't met yet. So lovely to have you here to join us for this wonderful, heartful conversation today. Before we get to the conversation, I just wanted to let folks know that if you appreciate the podcast, which I sure hope you do if you're listening, if you're listening and you don't appreciate it, then why are you here? You're wasting your time. So anyway, if you are an appreciator, I have a Patreon and it's Wounded Healer without the E before the R. I know it's, I don't know. It was doing a thing to be with Twitter and then I never really used Twitter. Now Elon Musk is taking it over. I don't know. But anyway, I have a Patreon. If you search for Conversations with a Wounded Healer, you will find it. And there you can donate as little as a dollar a month and anything that you're willing to contribute, even if it's just good vibes, I'm into that. But if you've got a little bit of cash to spare, it's highly appreciated because podcasts cost money, y'all. It's a thing. Capitalism. Here we are. Anyway, speaking of capitalism, kind of, sort of, something I wanted to talk about a little bit before we get to our guest today is... I've mentioned before that I am a professor at a local university and been teaching for six years, something like that now. So not for a terribly long time, but long enough to have a good enough experience. And I don't know, just something I'm noticing more of lately that just makes me really sad is I've I've been hearing a lot about students struggling in their internships and struggling because the expectations that some of the internships are putting on them are like not right, right? So it's already an issue that we don't get paid for our internships. That's a thing that happens in our field and in several other fields, but in many places, people actually do get paid for their work. So that's one thing to talk about in the beginning. It's it's free labor. And If you, in my opinion, and I'm totally getting on a soapbox here, but in my opinion, if you are teaching an intern correctly, it is not actually free labor. It's actually more work. At Head Heart Therapy, we didn't take interns for a very long time because I just knew I did not have the capacity to give what I feel like an intern A needs and B deserves. And I want to help new clinicians really learn who they are learn the field, you know, learn as much as I can teach them in the short time that I work with them. And not every internship field instructor feels that way. And it makes me sad. It makes me sad to think that there are students out there who are just so hungry to learn. And then they go to these internships and they're asked to do things like wash dishes or, you know, just sit and be silent for a long time in their internship instead of like actually running things you know, learning how to run groups and X, Y, Z have, have sessions. So I don't know. I take mentorship 
very, very seriously. I have been so blessed to have really wonderful people who were able to see me early in my career, took me under their wing. And then I had the fortitude to, I guess, show up for that, right? And do my work and ask questions and be curious and inquisitive and study and learn. And I wish for that. I have such snobbery around what I think it takes to be a therapist. And I'm just kind of hurting right now seeing that students aren't getting what they need, that some clinicians just aren't practicing what they preach. And I don't know, I'm guessing that if you are a listener of this podcast, you're somebody who really strives for that integration of practicing what you preach. And I certainly am definitely not perfect at it, but it's really something that's at the forefront of my mind and something that I, I wish that everybody in the mental health and just wellness field in general, right? It's not just mental health, but coaches and you know anybody who's working with somebody's mental wellness, uh, that we all do the inner work and really show up for one another, support one another's growth, right? Like my biggest mentors, Bob Cardi and Mark Sanders, both of who have been on the podcast before said that they recognized at one point in their career as they were starting to age that nobody was fostering the next generation. And so these two men truly, truly have focused on fostering the growth of people that come behind them. And that's something that I want to be doing as well. And so if you are a person who's in positions of power in this industry I suggest you think about how you're going to do that too, right? Like leave things better than you found them, right? That's, I know it's the Boy Scout motto. Boy Scouts are problematic. Yes, yes, yes. And <laughs> it's a good motto, right? To support people who are coming behind you so that we can leave things better than we than we have them now. Okay, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Soapbox uh, speech over. Now, <laughs> moving on to today's guest who actually has nothing to do with the official mental health field, which is why it's so refreshing to speak with her and spend time in her, like her nervous system feels so good to be around. So I highly suggest if you have any opportunity to do a class or a workshop or anything with April, you do so. So April Miller McCurtry is a creative lunar guide who supports people on their path of growth and transformation through the simple yet profound practice of self-study and relationship with cycles. April is the founder of The Moon is My Calendar and has independently published the New Moon Calendar Journal since 2014. With a Master's of Arts in Teaching and a background in Expressive Art, Yoga, and Meditation, April loves to share the language of the moon to help people access their inner wisdom, inspiring us all to take better care of ourselves, each other, and the earth. So please enjoy this lunar conversation with April McMurtry. I'm really excited to share a new offering with you all. Wounded Healers as Leaders is a support and working collective for group therapy practice owners who want to lead from the heart while building a thriving ethical business and step into conscious leadership with courage. Running a group practice is challenging both practically and emotionally. There's absolutely no way to know everything about running a therapy practice. And even though you may be a solo boss, to run a practice, do it well, and maintain your mental health is nearly impossible to do alone. Meetings will be held twice a month with one meeting dedicated to the logistics of running a practice, while the second monthly meeting will be structured as a support group for the emotional components of carrying a business on your shoulders. 
This group might be for you if you're a group therapy practice owner with one to five years experience and less than 15 employees. For more details and to register, visit tinyurl.com slash wounded healer leaders. That's tinyurl.com slash wounded healer leaders. Hello, April. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Today's energy for me has been so hectic. And I was at a conference last week and it's so busy. And then I came home and my brother's in town and there's just like a lot going on. And your energy is so calming. I feel better already just being with you. (laughs) It's the earth, the blessings of the earth of that stability, groundedness. Mm -hmm. And Challenges of the earth energy that gets stuck and stagnant. (laughs) Yes. I'm feeling pretty chill. Yesterday was not my chill day, but right now. Right. Well, after the Aries full moon, but I'm sure we'll get into that, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, would you like to, I mean, I have read your bio for folks, but would you like to share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. really feels like this evolving work in progress. I'm constantly referencing back to where have I come from? Even before this call, I was like, what really are my gifts that I am here to share? And what came to me, I primarily identify as someone who loves to be in that learning experience. Mm -hmm. And so I've been a teacher and a classroom teacher for many years, I have a master's in teaching. I started facilitating groups and working with youth leadership as a young teen. So it's just this, the process of learning and sharing and teaching and exchanging and being in these like aha moment breakthroughs where we can see things more clearly. So right before the call, I was like, okay, I've been a language teacher. You know, I taught Spanish for 10 years. And something I love about astrology and about the cycles of the moon is that it's a language and we develop a relationship with it over time and a fluency with it over time. So that might be my lens is like through language as a relationship and a way of connecting. Mm. And yeah, we're not born speaking. I mean, language is something that's learned. And so, especially with working with the moon, unless we were completely immersed and brought up in that as a part of our upbringing and understanding, it's something that we can come to learn and have our own relationship with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Learning is a big value of mine. And I didn't realize, I can't remember what in my chart signifies that like, oh, learning is like one of my top ways that I move through the world. And uh, yeah, so I love that you say that. So we share that. And I always, you know, I'm not an astrologer and I'm definitely a student. There's so many pieces that come together in a whole, the complexity of each of us. Astrology gives us a lens to look at some of that complexity and have language to talk about it. And that curiosity is air. Right. Energetically, right? The elemental way we can understand ourselves through the elements as I opened up with earth, I have an earth sun and an earth moon. And so understanding earth is important to understanding myself. 
there is that communication and the mind and the curiosity and Mm. yeah, how we understand how air moves in our life, the needs of air for each of us. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm Aquarius sun and Libra uh, rising. So yeah, there you go. Air, air, and then, and then Aries moon fire. Yeah. Well, just to let folks know. So I found you via a former therapist of mine, Susan Lipschitz, who was also on the podcast right at the very beginning. And I took your Know Your Venus course. I don't even remember, like something had come up in my life in general where I was like attracted to Venus and was like, oh, I'm going to work with Venus a little bit. And then your course popped up and I was like, hello, lover, like, let's do this. And it was the sweetest it was so sweet. I mean, and that's perfect for Venus, but I just, I really, I appreciated your energy and like so many different facets of Venus from all different ways of coming to understand her, like literally like not just astrologically, but from an astronomy standpoint, from a historical standpoint, all these different things were so beautiful. It was so fun to put that course together. And I sense now the way that I can feel energy that feels like it's somehow outside of myself, picking up on, I guess there's some people who need this. Mm. And I'll put something together and then not always knowing, right, as a course creator, especially in the online world of I'm not working for a school anymore and I put things out, like, who's going to be a part of this? And that going into the unknown space of that and then the journey together was amazing, right? That's that the chemistry of being in a learning environment and space. I feel like that it just, it's that one plus one equals three. Like there's that third space that happens in the engagement with you and Venus coming together Mm -hmm. and then something else is born from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can you talk a little bit about the moon is my calendar? I guess, is that the big name that you offer everything under? Can you share how you got there, how you developed that? Just even this journey. So as we're talking about Venus and the moon, there's a cycle of eight years. And so I've been looking back to journals from eight years ago, Venus completes a full rose or star with the five points in eight years. So anyone listening, if you have journals or ways to kind of look back at photographs or something to jog your memory about eight years, what were some of the crossroads? And for me, it was this crossroad time where and when the calendar part of my work was born. And the name The Moon Is My Calendar hadn't come through yet. It was a whole year mm-hmm. before I realized, oh, this is something of its own that needs a name. So it wasn't like I had a logo or like a anything going on in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had been meeting on the new moon with my dear friend and colleague, Sita Davis. Currently, we're running online moon circles for the new moon to support people with their practice working with the calendar and journal, the new moon calendar and journal. So we had been meeting just out of the necessity of, for us, it was early parenting, early motherhood, six months apart, and Mm. all of the initiations going along with that. So it just came from this, like, let's get together on the new moon. 
many years after that is when the calendar was like, well, maybe this practice wants a container and maybe there's other people who might also want a way to relate to the moon and their own personal cycles, whatever those, there's so many cycles to connect with and like have revealed. I wasn't setting out to like make something for like menstruation, Mm -hmm. for example. There's other calendars that focus on that. For me, it was what are the different cycles I go through with my own energy, with my emotions, with my creativity. And so creating a circular calendar then became this way to start to chart that and track that and see that. And yeah, I did not know what I was getting into. So yeah, eight years ago was a big shift, night and day, really night and day. Wow. Needing to align with more of the lunar qualities, sensibilities, the ability to receive the skill of learning how to be receptive and also being open to receive, learning how to rest, actually learning how to stop, put things down, I'm taking a break and resting. I don't know. These things I'm naming do not come naturally. Well, I don't think anyone in America, truthfully, right? It's kind of (laughs) the history that we've built for ourselves. And I was thinking that too, because I have this, you know, as a little baby witch who's like, loves astrology and super into it, but I don't know enough. I have this fantasy that one day I'm just going to wake up and I'm going to be in sync with the moon and I'm going to like feel it all and know what's happening and understand it's going to be cute and it's going to make sense. And like, that's not how it works. (laughs) I just to speak to the being in sync with the moon, I'm like, it's already happening. And so it's happening. It's happening. And so what are the layers that are keeping us from like seeing what's happening or really a lot of it is like what's in alignment and what's out of alignment and creating this tool. And for me, then it's eight years of tracking daily. What is my energy? Like some of the basic things really, how much did I sleep last night? Like some of just the very, very basics for like functioning and moving from a place of exhaustion to feeling more like, wow, I have energy and I know what to do to regulate my own energy when I feel like I'm starting to tip into overdoing, overgiving, over whatever. And how to course correct before, basically before getting sick. Yeah. That was the pattern. And That's kind of the pattern, like you said, what we've set up in this society of like, yeah, you're rewarded for running yourself into the ground and all the structures that are in place to keep that happening so that the only break people get is getting sick. And even then it's not a break, it's a burden. And so working more with the moon and almost like grounding that energy, like how can I ground that energy of the moon in my life? so that I'm not running on empty fumes and learning what that frequency feels like, like the lunar. Yeah. I'm familiar with the solar. Oh, the outward like compete and all of the solar isn't necessarily competition. It can turn into that. Mm -hmm. 
But it is a kind of a be visible, be on. Mm -hmm. Venus has another frequency and vibration that's unique. So yeah, this relationship, like you said, waking up one day and like, oh, click. Like, I think there are so many ahas. And I thought, oh, I'll figure out this moon cycle thing. And then I'll just like repeat or something like, yeah, the cycles repeat, but it's never the same. And there's always some wisdom that's there ready. Like when we're available, then it reveals itself. While Wounded Healers as Leaders is focused on group practice owners, Wounded Healer virtual groups are for individual mental health practitioners. I'll be offering our third round of Wounded Healer virtual groups starting February 2023. In our lifetime, it's never been more challenging to be a mental health professional. And as Wounded Healers, we are called to attend to our own recovery and transformation in order to support the healing of others. Just listen to what past participants have shared about what made this group special to them. The community, the individual members, and the group as a whole. The dedicated, intentional time to come together and connect in an authentic way. The group sharing and the chakra teachings, Sarah's humor and support. Feeling less alone in some of the professional struggles I'm feeling. The community aspect. It's great to be with others in the industry and receive their feedback and support. Wounded Healers virtual groups will meet for eight weeks, Monday evenings on Zoom starting February 6, 2023. For pricing and information and to register, visit www.tinyurl.com slash woundedhealersvg-3. That's tinyurl.com slash woundedhealersvg-3. How... I'm going to ask the question and then I'm going to explain the question because it might not make any sense. So the question of being like in and of the world, I feel like the people that I have met along the way who seem to be, again, this is my, like, there's a fantasy of a, <laughs> of a being who is not impacted by capitalism and and all of that like rigmarole and they tend to be like they're not on social media they are you know not necessarily connected to what's happening in pop culture or politics or anything like that i want to be able to do both and have like that sense of rhythm with nature and and the moon and whatnot so i'm just curious for you like what does your world look like <laughs> Often when I go, so there's a place I go to see the moon that's like a ridge mm -hmm. that has a clear view to the east and the west horizon. So seeing the moon rise and moon set. Mm. Sometimes I'm up there, like, where is everybody else? What's so much more interesting and magical than this? I'm here all alone, like, mind just being blown every time of really this almost this mystical experience. And then I wonder, what is everyone else doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm on social media. Yes. So that participation in this, I feel it. My nervous system feels it. It pulses the times I am away and offline. Something settles within me. Definitely there. I have that feeling of settled. And I also see the benefits of 
connecting and communicating in this global way that's there's a lot of energy to it so it's definitely strengthening the capacity of the nervous system my sister does not have any social media no profiles nothing no social media wow for those of us who have work we're connecting online and connecting we wouldn't be able to sell our stuff if we weren't on social media there would just be the reach or the maybe it's even the imagined like impact or reach that's possible. It feels like putting this pebble out in this pond of Instagram, this pebble here and see what happens to the ripples. My parents don't either. I grew up without a television. So I also come from a family that's not very plugged in to the tech side of things. So I grew up going down in the creek and like for hours you know, with my friend in the neighborhood, there's a creek that goes through the backyards. And so my time was just spent without that supervision of don't touch that kind of thing. But like, hmm, what happens if I, what's this plant? That curiosity that nature, I think, awakens in children. Where did you grow up? I'm in Northern California in the Bay Area. Okay. So suburban, but they're, you know, the pockets of wildness of Mm. the nettles and the mugwort that are growing in the creek that haven't been well so many things about plants and so I have two children and even my youngest recently was asking me about is that an invasive species which ones are the native species like which ones are from here and grow here which ones are here like it's like plants and humans, like what's our contribution to the overall ecosystem life? I think about that a lot. So yeah, my day-to-day life, like a lot of it revolves around my children and my family. And I live close to my grandmother who's 95 and my parents. Wow. And so I have a very kind of daily connection with three generations of my family and my kids Right? That's four. They're four then. Yeah. I forget that that's not super common, at least in the United States. Not for people our age. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't always think it would be that way. And so there was like a surrendering to that at a certain point. Actually, right around the time I started the calendar, kind of a surrendering of I'm back in the town I grew up in that I was not going to come back to. Really? Oh, I want to hear about that. It's the thing that like the never say never part of I'm going to be, you know, I'll be living abroad in Latin America, maybe six months here, six months there. More nomadic. I think that was my younger spirit in me. But I, you know, before having kids was able to follow that very spontaneous nature And I'm like, where is Sagittarius? What's happening with Sagittarius in my chart? Just that like always wanting different perspectives and shifting and getting out of a rut or a pattern or a habit, like changing jobs, changing housing, so many things before I was 30 places lived and jobs and so many. Yeah, but I was like suburbia, like, oh, it felt so... The things that I felt as a teenager that I wanted to leave a kind of like a bubble and I 
said that I'd never raise my kids where I grew up. And then the things that are growing on me is like the creek and the oak trees and the family that's here to be multi-generational and raising my kids feels really important. And so I had to settle that word settling, right? Like nervous system settling. Yeah. And then the kind of settling for something, which feels like a negative thing. Oh yeah. I relate to that so much because the listeners know I just moved from the city to just outside the city. I mean, like, it's funny. I'm like, I moved to the suburbs to like calm down. It's like literally 10 minutes from the city itself, but it's different. It's so different. And I never thought I would live in the suburbs. I always thought like, okay, I'm a city girl now. I grew up in a, I wouldn't even call it a suburb. I don't know. Like a, it was kind of a, an old farming town, but became a suburb of Cincinnati. And I started wanting calm and quiet. And my therapist said just that. She said, you've learned to tolerate calm in a way that you never could before. And so I wonder, you know, if you relate to that at all, like somehow like that's a season, right? It's a season. It's a cycle. I love how you frame that in this way of like really energetically what is now overstimulating and overwhelming that at a younger time was like, bring it like overstimulation was the name of the game. Mm -hmm. Like always kind of not as aware of then losing myself. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I've come to understand now one of the things of being so drawn to the moon and working with the moon is an awareness of coming back to the self, an awareness of witnessing the moon in all of the moon's phases, being able then to witness ourself as a practice. You know, this is what I do is witnessing myself. What phase am I in right now? What are my needs right now? Yeah. In this particular season, in this particular cycle, at this time of my life, that are different than before and wondering about that, right? The kind of continuity, well, I used to like this, so why don't I like it anymore? Mm -hmm. When really it's time for some new shift, a move, you know, more like, oh, it's quiet. Okay. How do I feel about things being more quiet? Right. You know, not that I'm an expert in this at all, but the ways that our nervous system communicates the feedback of listening to that. Right. And I've attuned more to that, tuning to my children's nervous systems and seeing them when it's too much and how they behave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what about me in this adult phase of life? Yeah, there's so much that we learn to override. Like I was just talking to a client about that today, right? Like overriding the emotions and the nervous system. And I mean, as soon as you said, watching my children and their nervous system, I'm like, oh my God, like what would my life have been like if my mom knew, right? To tune into what my nervous system was doing in hers. She never would have tuned into hers. <sighs> I really struggle to have hope for mankind <laughs> these days, but 
you saying that gives me a lot of hope because I do know that there are so many parents who are parenting that way, who are really trying to do it differently than it was done for us. And I'm hopeful that generations behind us are going to evolve and be able to care for themselves and one another in ways that we could never have dreamed of. Yeah, that tuning in and the sensitivity of that. And when did the idea of overriding our own intuition, our own inner knowing, like, okay, where's that coming from? And how do we get get to that place wherever those messages are to just override, just say yes. Right. Just say yes. Don't rock the boat. Just do the thing. Even if you don't want to just keep going Mm -hmm. now, even in my family, I'll be like, mom, sit down. Yeah. You need to stop. I get sensitive when other people are overriding their needs. Yes. And I have to learn, you know, just thinking of the conversations of the wounded healer, even just what that brings up is like, okay, I have to learn also, it's not my job to regulate other people's right what they're doing, but I'm so sensitive to myself. I feel better when they're whoever it is is more regulated and not overriding. So my hope with some of what I share with the moon is my calendar. There's actually one of the things that I created for myself and then have it available is um, like a little meditation. It's not a meditation where you think of like, sit quietly and close your eyes and imagine blah, blah. <laughs> it's more a amusing or sort of inspired lunar wisdom for each phase of the cycle. Hmm. And one of those messages, it's kind of just all that I've learned in connecting with the moon. I share in this format of like a day-by-day progression through the phases, progression through the cycle. And one of those is co-regulation. How does tuning in and connecting with the moon help us to co-regulate? Like in the relationship with the cycle and nature, seeing the phases, seeing things come back around, how can we help to settle ourselves and see, oh, here's a time where I feel abundant in energy, wanting to connect, really, you know, expressive or whatever it might be, that might be more like full moon energy, might be more like on, honoring that for ourselves, whether or not it's happening at the full moon or a different time, like that's the kind of curious, interesting data we can collect when we're looking at both the moon and ourselves. Right. And then seeing the times where it's like, you know what, I need to go quiet, dormant. Even if I made plans, I need to reschedule them to honor. Something gets reaffirmed when we can honor where our energy is at and not expect, I guess, what I expected to always be on and something was wrong if I didn't feel like being on. Well, and that's one of my biggest struggles. Like, I'm a business owner and I have employees and I have clients, right? And there are things when I can't just tune into what my energy needs. And that's where I really struggle with balancing, like, how do I be in this world and still honor what is true for me internally? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So if you figured it out, give us the secret. (laughs) You need to figure that out because it's like to keep up means to run ourselves into the ground. So that is like 
the old paradigm of all the things that aren't enough hours in the day to do them, to be able to afford rent and bills and all the things to just keep up with the basic, what seems like all of that. So how to do that and what I've come, you know, from just starting my business and website and kind of building my everything from scratch and watching all the tutorials for how do I set this up? How do I make this automation? And so lots of hours invested in learning all of that Mm -hmm. to seeing what I started to see was, okay, there's times where I go into more of a creative labor where I need more hours to really just go with something. And just like in labor, like 24 hours, 36 hours, like, okay, it's not nonstop, but it's an on time lock in time to know I'm going to need time to recover after that. And that's what I didn't used to do. I would just go and then keep going and then collapse. Yeah. So that built in that wisdom of like, okay, here is where like the harvest time of like, this has got to get done because the time is now. Mm -hmm. How can there be something buffered in schedule wise to look at the whole rhythm of the big picture? I mean, that's kind of some of where, I've been wanting to go more even with my work is like, how can we look at the things like in your business? How can we look at that? Where are places where there can, to bring in a kind of a rhythm. Mm -hmm. So that there may be a rhythm of times, you know, that's settling for the nervous system when we have a rhythm, when it's like chaotic and on, how to even start to calm some of the chaos, especially in like, there's like crisis management mode and like, all of that where professionally the burnout that happens in any caretaking profession. Yeah. Where are the places to bring some rhythm? What I used to do, I realized I would construct my schedule so that if everything worked perfectly, I would be fine. (laughs) And I couldn't understand why I always felt crazy because nothing ever worked worked perfectly. So I was never fine. And it wasn't until like I ended up going to a trauma treatment program and realized like, oh, like this workaholism is killing me because it wasn't like I was working all the time, but I was still working too much and pressuring myself to make sure everything was staying afloat perfectly. And so then I was like, oh, I can only have four or five appointments a day because I have all this other stuff I have to do. So if I spend eight hours in meetings or sessions or whatever, I can't do the other things. And then I'm trying to do that before I start and, or after I start. And now I have a rhythm because at first it was very painful, right? To say like, no, I actually can't talk to you today. I actually can't talk to you for another like two, three weeks because the codependency was like, no, you have to be available right now all the time for whoever needs it. So I've gotten better at saying no, and this is the capacity that I have in any given day. And that's been tremendously helpful. And I would say that is a new rhythm because internally now I feel it. If there are days every once in a while where I can't, I don't have that control. Yeah. It's almost the like, how much am I asking of myself? How much am I expecting of myself? And I've seen that too with like, realistically, how much time is this going to (laughs) take? Realistic, please. I know. And I don't want to be realistic. Mm -hmm. A lot of 
what I got to experience in this life so far is because I'm not, I'm like, anything is possible. So let's just see like, what is possible if we don't put on the limits? Right. Okay. That also leads to not sleeping for me. And you know, my case is like the limits of time. Well, does time exist? Okay. The sun sets. So that gives the illusion of setting. (laughs) We have day and night in this experience on earth. And so not seeing those as limiting factors. I mean, it got me through to my early thirties, but there was a point starting to work with the moon is okay. There's wisdom in the lunar. There's wisdom in winding down. Yeah. Even that in itself is like, what does it take in the time to wind down rather than getting wound up in second wind and keep going? There's waxing and waning. Waxing and waning and so much of where we've kind of like sped up our world to be is always waxing. Right. And so finding the wisdom that's already present in there that has been overridden to get us to the point where that kind of sped up what it takes, the kind of, I don't know if it's the treadmill or just the the energy that we're expected to have when we don't. And then the shifts are coming. Mm-hmm. The need is there and the suffering that comes from whether it's the internal pressure or the external pressure, mm-hmm. it's created quite a lot of pressure, quite a lot. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now just exhale like, Oh, right. And that is so one of the things when I started, so when I first made the moon calendar, I asked my husband, he was at work all day and he would come home and I was like, I have this idea. Will you help me with it? And he loves being helpful. So we sat down and just basically worked for like a month straight. It was this very short window of time where it was like, it had been there under the surface and just wanted to come up and was like, all right, let's do this. And it was super creative and it was super fun, but I think it took me two years to recover from all of the effort and energy that went into that, you know, to drawing from the reserves. And there was a point where my husband was like, I don't want to work for you for free anymore. Can you hire a designer? (laughs) What good boundaries. I know. I know. I was like, that will be better for our relationship because it started out as just, (laughs) I wonder if we can, can we do this? Like, you know, making it happen like that initial getting something off of the ground and then to sustain something, right. has a different kind of energy that's needed of what's sustainable. Okay. What started out, right. Any starting out of like starting out a business or start, whatever thing is, is like after something is started out and what, actually sustains it and then what has to shift around that. So that was one of the shifting points. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. There was another piece and thread from that. Oh, so during that time, some of the realizations, and I'll just share this too for listeners of like, and you know, Sarah, from the Know Your Venus, the ways of how do we embody this? Like, how do we experience these understandings in our own way that's not just a... um mind kind of memorizing Mm -hmm. something or knowing information or facts or whatever it might be. And so for me, often that really does come with the breath. Right. 
of how do I breathe this cycle? So at those times where I feel maxed out or like the rushy, hurry, am I even breathing? Like, am I just holding my breath and gripping the steering wheel? To make that connection of the breath cycle and the lunar cycle and to even decide like, and that's even enough. Like it doesn't have to be something more fancy or more, more something. It was like, oh, that's so simple. And maybe that's even enough. Right. So if you'd like, I can lead you. And for folks who are listening, if they're in a place to kind of just breathe with the moon and, and feel what it might feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a unique experience to each of us. And there's unique lessons and teachings that can come through when we connect with the different phases that have to do with our own journey, kind of where we're at. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, I'm going to mute myself and just let you go. Okay. So with any cycles, there's a question of where does it begin? At what point is the beginning starting point? So really wherever we are with our breath noticing, okay, did I just breathe in? And on the next exhale, breathing out, And noticing that emptiness, the emptiness of the breath is like the new moon. That stillness, the dark, the void. And with the inhale is like that waxing and the growing of light and expanding as the breath comes in of the body in all directions, filling up and that full breath like the full moon, feeling what that fullness feels like, that peak. And whenever you're ready, beginning that exhale to release. And that letting go of the breath is the waning of the cycle. It's the season of fall. It's the leaves from the trees, the shedding, the releasing. And that coming back around. The end of the exhale before the next new breath begins. And so one phase leads into the next And that experience of waxing and growing and filling up is almost like the, what am I saying yes to? What am I letting in? What's my capacity when I reach fullness at the full moon? And at that point, what do I need to let go of and release and exhale and really inviting some of that surrender? We need the exhale before beginning creating that space before beginning again. And then one layer to bring in, it helps me sometimes is remembering if you want to bring your right palm and your left palm together. And in yogic anatomy, the right channel or side of the body is the solar energy, almost like that sympathetic nervous system of when we're on. And the left side is the lunar, the receptive and parasympathetic, the kind of rest and digest. And so when we bring our hands together in the symbolic way of at the new moon, when the sun and the moon come together in that same part of the sky. And I'll say, when I started working with the moon, I didn't know why the moon was new. I didn't know why. Why can't I see the moon? Where is the moon actually at the new moon? 
Is it just like what's happening? And really what's happening is the moon is in front of the sun. And so all we can see is the sun. It's this moment of union, of reset. So at the exhale, with the palms together, just reminding ourselves of what am I in union with? And that can be an intention. It could be a particular like word or mantra or something that reminds you of your essence. And so the new moon, that special time of that liminal space between cycles. And so in the next inhale, then, if you'd like to, parting the hands and kind of experiencing that opening up as the breath comes in, but also the body and seeing how this can be that gauge of how open does it feel like, oh, I'm wide open or do kind of want to stay closer in, even though I'm opening up a little bit. What is my fullness for today? And then exhaling and allowing the hands to come back together and meet up again. And so this simple breath practice, I like to call it breathing with the moon, can be a way of gauging on the one hand, what is my capacity for today? What adjustments can I make? Even if I have to do the same things on my to-do lists, how can I bring in this awareness of my capacity feels just like my fullness feels like hmm, a little less today or the days where it's like, I'm just so full, wide open. And how do we distribute then our energy in different ways? And when we breathe and kind of co-regulate in this way of, oh, my breath, and I'm like this cycle, this cycle and me are the same processes happening of expanding Expansion and contraction, that's the most micro level of the breath to the larger cycles of day and night and lunar cycle and seasonal cycle. It's kind of the most essential experience is something the breath can offer us. That was delicious. Yay, I know. (laughs) This is already within me. I already know this is here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. And if people liked that, I know that you have a lot of offerings around meditations and I can't remember what you called it, but tracking the phases of the moon, you released different recordings or not for phases, but for what sign they were in. For the zodiac sign is the the lunar zodiac series mm-hmm. to hear a little short recording of what is the energy of Aries when the moon is in Aries as a way to kind of tune in and feel into that. And then there's the lunar cycle quest, which is the 29 meditations of like union and capacity and co-regulation and the kinds of themes that the moon can help us to be more aware of and experience in our experience. Yeah. Somehow there's only one of me and there's like a hundred things that I want to teach all simultaneously. I know. 
but yeah, the monthly moon circles and just working with the calendar for people who want a space to track their experience that is very um, like a snapshot. I have other journals for pages and pages of things, but this is like the new moon calendar journal just has like a, a space for each phase, right? Each day, but each phase of the cycle to start to just take note each day of something and many other things. So the 2023 calendars are on pre-order. Whatever's happening is usually on the website. And that is themoonismycalendar.com? Yep. And on Instagram too. I like sharing. I just, when I can see it as a creative outlet. Yeah. I turned off all my like checking the numbers of how many likes there are because I approach it as a creative outlet and, and sharing what wants to come through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what we did today. Yes. This is what wanted to come through. Yeah. So lovely. I didn't even ask you the wounded healer question. Do you want to comment on that briefly? Like, how do you feel about the term wounded healer? Sure. My mind goes to Chiron just because of that being the archetype of that energy named in a particular way in astrology. But where I'm at in the journey is like, oh, my job isn't to heal anybody else. My business is not to relieve discomfort or pain for somebody else to have that as my primary concern or orientation outward. At this point, the healing journey is inward and it feels like this. When the wounds become revealed or visible or clear, almost like the origin point, when those are identified, I feel like right now in my own journey, the shift that's possible to see, oh, I mean, I, I was writing all the stuff in my journal before our call too. It was like, oh, who told me that I was responsible for taking away someone else's pain? Oh, there's this wound there that got implanted that told me I was responsible for the well-being of other people. Mm -hmm. So when I hear wounded healer, I think about those parts of like the parts of me that are in the process of, I would feel like being revealed, making themselves known, and then being able to say, this is not actually me and my essence. And the story came Mm -hmm. through from somewhere else. And so what is it to really, to stay true and aligned inside, to be like oriented, not in a way that's like selfish is one thing of just focusing on the self, but that mm -hmm. self-centered, like really being centered in the self and meeting other people where they are. I feel like that's been so present of first I call myself home present with myself it's okay to have energetic protection to not you know be available like you were saying earlier like it's not the day i'm not available and it's not because i'm mean or selfish or uncaring or whatever it's actually this kind of energetic protection it's necessary and that's worth protecting that then of course can be shared and offered and maybe it helps with somebody else's healing journey in some way. But the focus or the orientation is at this point in my life has shifted. So yeah, 
and it has shifted because of working with the moon. Nothing that could have been like spelled out or planned or understood ahead of time that that was what the moon was calling for is this kind of healing of you can come home to yourself and it's okay to have energetic protection. Well, thank you so much. It was so lovely. This time went so fast today. <laughs> Can't believe that was an hour. But is there anything else? We shared your website and Instagram. Anything else that you want to share with folks where they can find you, get connected to you, or anything at all? Yeah, I'm looking for a dream team at some point. I love doing all the things, but there's so much more that wants to come through. So the website is beautiful. And sometimes I think people think there's maybe this, you know, I am, there's lots of people that I work with. And so what's being shared, I'm still in the process of like wanting to teach all the classes and all of the things that are available. And so I guess I'm just saying like, I'm surrendering to the timeline of things needing to go at a slower pace. I'm choosing to not run myself into the ground to make it all happen. Yes sooner than it's ready to naturally flow in it's the way it's going. So good for you. Yeah. But you heard it here, folks. Dream team is being called upon. So, oh my gosh, everything in me is like, what would that feel like? What would that look like? Another big unknown. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us today. I appreciate it so very much. Sarah, thank you for having this container, this space to have this conversation. Wonderful. Thanks so much to April for this wonderful conversation. To find out more about April, you can visit our website at www.headhearttherapy.com slash podcast. As always, thanks to Andrea Klender and the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for our album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. Until next time, bye-bye.